You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Good morning. Welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio for Monday the 3rd of August 2020. We acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which we transmit people-powered radio. Thank you to Democracy Now! for the previous hour of current affairs. My name's Chris. On today's show, I'm going to be speaking to Alice Pryor and she's from Parents Voice. And uh, talking about uh, a media release they put out uh, last week, and there's also some more stuff in the media about how to get kids active and the measures that are required. They did a survey where 94% of parents who responded wanted to see more government investment in walking, cycling and scooting. You're probably aware if you are living within the broadcast area of this uh, of 3CR that uh, the state of Victoria in Australia, we've now entered stage four for COVID-19 lockdown. So what does that mean? Means we're under curfew and we're going to have or we're going to have to live until the second week of September with some big big restrictions. With uh, Victoria's now entered a state of disaster. So basically, this is giving you know, the authorities that be more authority to uh, ensure we stay safe. Whether you agree with that or not, we probably other shows on 3CR will be examining these issues. It's more or less to do to, with public health directions. So that includes a curfew from uh, that started 8 p.m. last night to 5 a.m. each day. The only reasons to leave home during these hours will be work, medical care and caregiving. The uh, night when at work, if you're aware of that, PT has been suspended and public transport services will be reduced during curfew hours. There's going to be new time, distance and gathering limits. It will also apply to exercise and shopping. Exercise will be limited to a maximum of one hour per day and no more than five kilometres from your house. Group size will be limited to a maximum of two you and one other person whether you live with them or not shopping will also be limited to one person per household per day and again the five kilometer rule will apply but if you the shops you normally go to or further than that there will be common sense of there's a whole bunch of other study uh restrictions on this and i'm just reading from the media release uh, with these distance gathering and time restrictions won't apply for work, medical care or compassionate reasons. Face coverings will continue to be compulsory. Seriously, if you're riding a bike, you really should have your face covered. If this is a public health thing, we must comply with this. And, um, it's really difficult trying, trying to get through this and use this sort of language. But we really are in a bit of a dire state, or not a bit, a very dire state. So we as walking and cycling people out there do your level utmost make sure you've got a face mask make sure that uh, you uh, keep the physical distancing things in play 
So, yeah, yeah, 1.5 metres, the like. Oh, I've got some better news I can speak about too, which is in the UK, who uh, uh, are still, uh, like the rest of the world, are struggling with this pandemic, uh, Boris Johnson has unveiled a cycling revolution as part of a £2 billion drive to a tackle obesity. Uh, things like a third of taxpayer-funded e-bikes, bicycles on the NHS uh, with free servicing. It'd be like, you know, we could get uh, bicycles on the pharmaceutical benefit here in Australia. I, I think that would be a fair comparison. Uh, the PM there, this is the UK PM, announced that GPs in obesity hotspots will be encouraged to prescribe cycling. Cyclists will be able to get £50 vouchers towards bicycle repairs. Again, you know, like probably the NGOs and cycling organisations there welcome the plans, which they say will radically improve the quality of walking and cycling infrastructure in the UK. And their government is planning to subsidise electronic bicycles, as mentioned, for pensioners and commuters. Interesting stuff because there's uh, rather querulous uh, opinions about e-bikes. I'd say wait till you get a little older and arthritis kicks in or a few other mobility issues or where e-bikes actually start becoming a pretty damn good idea. Prime Minister said that drivers must understand they'll be sharing the roads as the measures costing $2 billion are taken to promote cycling and walking. It's, it's a really interesting thing here. I haven't really gone into the fine grain analysis of it, you know, basically you know, prescribing bikes and the like, but does that actually also mean infrastructure? Well, it does. He said, uh, Johnson said in one of the media releases, what we will do is create thousands of miles of protected cycle lanes. I really believe that protected cycle lanes are essential to give people the confidence people need. Many people aren't very brave or confident cyclists, he added. Also, what I want to see is more work done to get motorists to understand that we're all going to be sharing the roads, going to be sharing with cyclists, so be respectful and courteous. Things have been improving, but there is still a long way to go. Like a lot of many people out there listening, I have uh, massive political differences with uh, Mr Johnson and his government. This is interesting, seeing it's a Conservative government doing these things. And no doubt, I think in subsequent shows, we will be discussing what the UK has done. The Queen Victoria Women's Centre is calling all craftivists to join us and make a fuss. Make a Fuss is a crowdsourced, craftivist project looking for submissions on the theme of women's silence. If you've experienced a time when you didn't want to make a fuss, why not get crafting and make some noise? For more information, go to qvwc.org.au and click on Make a Fuss. Submissions close August 19th. Queen Victoria Women's Centre is a 3CR supporter. I'm Alice Pryor from Parents Voice. I'm the manager there um, and active transport is one of our uh, really key issues because it's a great way to get kids uh, active and moving and help them get their uh, recommended amount of physical activity. And at the moment a lot of parents are, oh, they're feeling a lot of pressure, not just with, well just you know, talking from a Victorian perspective of you know, doing education from home because of the epidemic getting your kids out and active. Yeah, absolutely. From a Melbourne perspective, I think it's it's really hard at the moment. But one of the things that we have seen, even with the, the current rules around masks, is that because you're at home, 
um, that the way that kids are getting their physical activity is the families are going for walks in neighbourhoods and people are really discovering um, actually how walkable or not their neighbourhood is um, and how uh, we really want to be capturing that spirit when we go moving towards, you know, coronavirus recovery. Like I've been doing my um, afternoon constitutionals and uh, the amount of kids out there with parents like in small pocket parks or larger parks or in their local street is incredible you know just um, they've got the kids out on scooters bikes walking absolutely I've taken advantage as hard and as stressful as all of it's been condensing work and learning from home and everyone being under the same roof for 24 hours a day. I've taken the opportunity to teach my youngest to ride her bike, so I'm pretty proud of her. But all of those things really can bring into sharp relief how unsafe our roads could be for kids and about safe routes to school. And really, every child has the right to a safe route to school. Yeah, because you'd be finding out all about the joys of permeability, and I mean that from a spatial and transport planning perspective, not the scientific or any other perspective. Permeability is a big thing in terms of, is is the footpath accessible? Is there pram ramps? Are there tree branches or things in the way when you're trying to move around? Yeah, absolutely. My The little one with her bike, obviously, she's finding footpaths a bit narrow because she's on the the footpath and she'd prefer to ride on the road because there's a little bit more space for her to have a little bit of a wobble but it's definitely not safe for her to be doing that um, when cars are so close Um, and I live up in the northern part of of Melbourne still probably considered inner city by particularly by people who are in the outer suburbs but there's no on-road bike paths here let alone ones that are separated from traffic so it's not safe for little kids to be uh, riding that way to school on the um, road and then the footpaths are too narrow for it to be safe for people to really be combining cycling with pedestrians. Yeah that's interesting you bring that up because in Yarra we've had the Elizabeth Street protected lanes put in and a local residents just put together a really uh, quick little video of them riding along with their kids under 10 and mm. you know, this is a you know inner urban busy street and where kids can ride freely and uh, it's just amazing to watch these things and it's something that we should have more of but it just seems to be um, seen as a a solution that's too hard but as you're saying getting back to the poll that you did um, there were some pretty surprising results for that. What parents want for their kids? Absolutely. So we we did a poll of parents and found that, not, like ninety four percent agreed that um, government should be investing in these sorts of infrastructure so that kids can walk and cycle safely um, to and from school, um, and that really the key things for them were the that interaction between the modes of transport. So separating people who are on bikes from roads. Um, and then making footpaths safer and wider wider for pedestrians. So just kind of uh, separating those modes out a little bit um, and ensuring that you've got a safe route to school, that the parents really wanted governments to be investing in that as part of our 
coronavirus recovery. Because that's where permeability comes in again, because getting to school may not be the main roads. It could be the side streets. It could be the roads. It could be the laneways. And this is where permeability is really important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really important that we increase that kind of that safety across all of the all of our kind of our streets and it gets back to active transport also being something that parents look for in terms of selecting a school so it was something that I looked for when I when we were looking at a primary schools. our first choice was always going to be our closest school because I wanted to be able to walk or cycle to school with the kids and I really uh, there's a lot of parents out there who do a similar thing but they actually there isn't a safe route. So even if they selected the closest one, they've got to cross a busy road or the local streets. If there isn't many cyclists on there and there isn't uh, a designated bike route or a bike path, then drivers just aren't looking for cyclists and it's not safe. If you're wrestling with feelings of anxiety, worry and depression or finding the current social isolation measures hard to deal with, we would like to encourage you to call Wellways Helpline. Wellways Helpline is a volunteer support and referral service that provides information to people experiencing mental health issues or other disabilities, as well as their family, friends and carers. We're here to talk if you are seeking information about mental health or mental health services or just need someone to talk to. As a peer-based service, everyone working at Wellways Helpline has a lived experience of mental health issues or disability. Wellways Helpline is a national service and operates Monday to Friday, 9am to 9pm, excluding public holidays. If you feel it would be helpful to talk to someone about these issues during this difficult period, please call Wellways Helpline on 1300 111500. That's 1300 111500. Wellways supports 3CR. traffic planners and uh, local government and state government got to think a bit differently. When you drive, all these management systems are built in to your environment so you can drive your car and do what you need to do. When it comes to walking and cycling, we don't have those management systems and it's we've got to think a little more organically or a little bit more people focused, especially for mm. little kids who just simply want to get to A to B and mum and dad want to make sure they're safe doing so. Yeah, well, and I think... I think from a pedestrian point of view, I think there's some real truth in that um, uh, in that saying that everyone's a pedestrian. You know, even if you're right, you know, even if you drive your car somewhere, you get out of that car to get from you know from that door to wherever you're going to. So everyone uses um, a footpath, um, and so I, I often think about you know in that kind of hierarchy of users, often in transport plans cars are put kind of at that top you know that that's that's what our roads are designed around but really we should be thinking about um i think we should be thinking about kind of pedestrians being at that top that top level because everyone becomes a pedestrian at some point in their trip and then we should be thinking around those like you said the the ensuring that all the other road users are safe particularly ones who don't have um you know systems around them like you do in a car well, that's the thing about um, walking, cycling is it's the more the you know it's the it, people focused 
unfortunately, and this is you know reasons for you know why you've had a poll and you've uh, talked to people like uh, Dr. Ben Beck, who's been on the show, and Amy Gillett Foundation, is that we get pushed into like relatively minor positions of you know what's seen as you know, a transport focus, and we don't get the funding. We're not seen as being prioritised, and mm. you're saying that you know. Well, 94% of Australian parents from your poll want this uh, better, you know, do they actually, um, in the poll, do they actually say like they want separated infrastructure or they want better investment? Is there any like bit more fine grained? Yeah, so obviously the 94% was that they wanted just kind of greater investment in these sorts of modes of transport, so active travel. So we actually asked the question, we phrased it as walking, cycling and scooting because, you know, active transport's a bit of a, a jargon word for the average parent. Yeah, it is a bit. Um, <laughs> you and I understand what it means, but yeah. it doesn't necessarily speak to the, you know, the common person. Um, and then we did go into some kind of finer grain where we asked them about, you know, what's a current barrier? So what's the, what's the thing that makes you think, you know, question whether you should be travelling actively to school? And their big thing was road safety. And so it was about there was some some concerns in there around speed and about driver behavior but it was always about cars and it was about that interaction with cars with the you know whether it was a cycling environment or whether it was crossing roads as a pedestrian it was the interaction with the cars and which is why when we asked the next question which was around so what sort of infrastructure would you like to see the number one answer was separated bike paths so not just kind of um, an on-road lane, but actually making sure one that was actually quite clearly separated with some sort of some sort of barrier or separated as in like ones that go along things like Mary Creek. So ones that are actually designated and separated from cars. That that was the number one infrastructure that parents wanted. And I know there's a lot of cities around the world who are using coronavirus and and talking about the sort of infrastructure and cities they want and are doing things in a temporary and in a pilot way and we although we didn't ask that sort of question we definitely think that that's something that uh, governments in Australia and in Victoria should be looking at because it's a way of kind of testing the waters while everyone's moving around in a little bit of a different way while there's more people working from home then we could be testing different ways to be moving around our city. everybody, Sarah Carroll here. You might remember me from some of the shows I used to do on 3CR like uh, Vinyl and Shellac and Gasp and of course Hot Damn Tamale which I presented alongside Werner Martin for many years. Uh, I came into 3CR as a very young person uh, and learned a lot about not only radio and broadcasting but also the amazing diversity and uh, richness of the community that we're operating in and I'd like to say to all of you and I hope that you're all staying connected as you always have done through this wonderful radio station that I hope that you're finding some comfort from uh, your association with 3CR from the shows that you listen to, the music that's played and also the up-to-date and incredibly accurate and well-researched information that you receive. God bless you all or whoever bless you all and uh, take care. Parents, 
time poor, you get pressurised in the morning, kids have got to get to school and you go, ah, cut. And yeah. that builds in uh, your own problems. Like um, you, a lot of people are under the pump in terms of income, job keeper, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. And actually getting in the car and using that as an option could be more expensive. You know, I'm kind of hedging into you know, transport poverty sort of things. It's This mm. is all about giving people more options, not taking anything away. Yes, absolutely. And I think um, it is something to be mindful of that, you know, in some ways some of the reduction in traffic that we're seeing across our city is because people have um, lost their jobs and their livelihoods. And so absolutely, I think everyone... If we can give people more options of ways to travel around their city, at one point, um, Moreland City Council, part of their motto, uh, you know, their vision for the city was that that Moreland would be a place where you didn't need a car. There was a whole lot of reasons why that was part of the vision, but it wasn't just about the environment. It was also about saying, if you can't afford a car, you can still live a really rich life here in the city. So. I think that there are, there's so many different things that in investing in great footpaths and great cycling tracks and paths and, and routes do for a city. And it's not just about the environment and it's not just about health, but it is also about equity. Equity is a big one because, again, um, you know, people get pressurised and they're, you know, they've got so many things on their mind at the moment of, is he saying, we've got to find different ways to work and move. And this is mm. where local councils, if they have the power to do so, can put in temporary bike lanes. They can help people mm. move around. Things, Simple things like pram ramps and uh, bluestone and stuff like that. I mean, you know, okay, they've all got heritage overlays, but if something's problematic, a small solution mm-hmm. of getting you know, a work crew out and getting something fixed can create a huge bit of local success. Of, oh, I can yeah. ride through there now. I can walk through there. One of the things about footpaths is that having good footpaths with, like you say, pram ramps at crossings and things means it's not just about cyclists, um, it's also about people with prams uh, and it's people in wheelchairs too, being able to move down a street. Growing up, our next door neighbour was in a wheelchair and for many, many years he would use the road because the footpath was too cracked and it was like that asphalt, it wasn't like, it wasn't smooth, he couldn't get down it safely and the difference it made to him when the footpath was resurfaced and his ability to move around was huge. So these investments have multiple, you know, multiple different users that benefit from them um, and we should be thinking in that holistic way. Yeah, there's also things of just like betting down really good habits of you live in your suburb, you really like living in your suburb instead of, oh, you know, the cliched dormitory sort of thing of you uh, get in your car, go somewhere else, get in your car, go somewhere else, and you don't really know your own suburb. Like, you know, I'm seeing things at the moment of people discovering things they never knew about suburbs they've lived in for, you know, 10, 20 years. Oh, Oh, I think, um, like, I live, the suburb I live in is very much one that has been, you know, it's car-dominated, it's built in the kind of, 50s and 60s it was built around around cars and people having cars and I'm seeing people walking around and like I've never seen more people in my life walking down my street people always thought I was a bit weird for walking around my suburb but I got to know it a lot quicker after I moved up here than than my husband who's more of a car driver 
And our local shopping strip, which has been a bit neglected, there was a couple of businesses that opened up just before this pandemic hit. And they've actually managed to weather the storm a bit because there's a bit more people at home and people are walking past and discovering them. So I'm seeing, you know, the local community Facebook group, people going, oh, have you seen the fruit shop there? Which has been, actually been there quite a while. People didn't realise it was there because they drive to the supermarket in the next suburb over rather than, you know, see what was there at, our, at their local shopping strip. And by simply walking around and discovering their neighbourhood, they've been able to support this small, very small shopping strip and our local economy. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast to hear the most recent recording from each show or 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming to listen live. With this poll, you've also been working with Dr. Ben Beck. He's at uh, Sustainability, Mobility and Safety Research at Monash Uni and also the Amy Gillett Foundation. Yeah, so we're big supporters of both of their work and there's definitely a crossover. So they're kind of, you know, they're, we were very happy to be working in partnership with them in releasing these poll results because there's definitely, as much as I hate the word, there's some synergies across the things that we're all asking for in the cycling uh, in the cycling space and in the active transport space. And there's definitely um, benefit to all of us working together, kind of pulling in the same direction because we have the same goals, which is to get more people out moving around more actively and staying safe while doing that. From here forward, what would you like to see people do? How can they make their suburbs and where they live uh, more walkable, more scootable, uh, more cyclable? Is that a word? <laughs> but yeah, what, what, point, what, what actions can people take? One of the, I mean, obviously... They can join Parents Voice and they can add their, you know, add their weight to the calls that we'll be making. We'll be working kind of behind the scenes, chatting to to governments and talking to, you know, talking to various departments and MPs and local government areas around the results of this poll and, and showing that there's community support for this sort of thing. So one of the things that just the regular person can do is just take a couple of minutes and send, say, send an email to your local councillor or your local MP and just say that you want this sort of investment, even if it's just, you know, really minute, you know, you like you've got something very specific in your neighbourhood that you'd like them to invest in. Sometimes just doing those sorts of things, it kind of adds to the overall weight. And when uh, our elected representatives are looking at budgets and thinking about whether the money is being allocated in a way that their community wants, they'll remember those emails or phone calls they got asking for better investment uh, in pedestrian and cycling um, infrastructure. And when you do that, always follow up. Give it a bit of a timeline, follow it up and send mm. pictures. <laughs> I always find yeah. photos, are, you know, they, they react well to photos because you can kind of transmit, you know, transmit the idea of this is what I want in this location and I'll show mm. exactly what I'm on about. You know, there's this piece of bitumen that's risen up over you know a couple of years. It's starting to wear strangely. It's got cracks. I can't get past this. Everyone's got stories about, you know, strange things that happens with their footpath or Canberra's another big one, you know, kind of strange road 
angles, these sort of things, you may think this sounds pretty boring, but it's actually, some of these are really big barriers. And as a parent, you, you probably... Mm. Camber of the road is actually quite an interesting thing that, it, again, it's not necessarily, you know, your common person sort of jargon or, te- nah. you know, technical <laughs> terms, but, uh, you know, just that slope in the road can actually have a real big impact around how people use it. It means that it, it's even hard for cars yeah. often. But there's, it definitely means that if you're on a on a bike, it's almost impossible and it's hard to then cross as a pedestrian. There's so many reasons why the camera in a road can be quite problematic. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, if you see kind of like surfaces that are starting to go a bit skew with, report them. Mm-hmm. Tell them, you know, this this is yes. a bit of a barrier for me. These, these little things are really important. They really are. And the... I mean, for things like that, the most local governments in Victoria use the Snap, Send, Solve app, or quite a few of them do, where you can just take a photo. It's an app on your phone and you take a photo and it submits it directly to the, the council. So it's a, it can be a bit easier. If you'd like to find out more about Parents Voice, they're an online network of parents who are interested in improving the food and activity environments of Australian children. You can go to their website at parentsvoice.org.au. You can also look up join, which is the same URL with forward slash join. And they're also on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Thank you for Alice for having the chat today and uh, probably look forward to following up. This week's Yarra Bicycle User Group radio program should be podcast soon on 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast or go to yarrabug.org forward slash radio if you want to find additional details of what we discussed today. These podcasts are produced at Melbourne's activist radio station 3CR. Presenters are all volunteers and 3CR's existence depends upon the financial support of our listeners. Go to 3cr.org.au Click on the support tab and select either donate, subscribe, shop or fundraisers. Your subscription or donation keeps 3CR on air. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.